We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. It's been several months since Hurricane Maria swept through Puerto Rico with devastating results. Things are far from back to normal on the island, as recent visitors from St. Louis found out. The St. Louis Arches of Circus Harmony visited Puerto Rico to perform as part of its Peace Through Pyramids program. Joining me to talk about the visit and the program are Jessica Hentoff, the Artistic and Executive Director of Circus Harmony. Ari Mayan is a unicyclist with the troupe. Thank you both for being with us. Great to have you. Thank you for having us. And welcome back. Uh, Jessica, let me start with you. Just remind our audience of what the Peace program is all about, the Peace Pyramids program, through Pyramids program. So Circus Harmony is a social circus. We're a circus school. Anyone can come and take classes. But as a social circus, we focus very much on building character and individuals and building bridges between communities. So Peace Through Pyramids started with a long-term partnership we had over a decade with a Jewish Arab youth circus in Israel. And sadly, that circus their foundation that supported them folded. So we have done other Peace to Pyramid partnerships, most notably in Ferguson, one that's been going on since 2015. And this summer we reached out to a social circus in Puerto Rico and brought Peace to Pyramids there. Just elaborate on that for a moment as to how this trip came about. You, you reached out, obviously. It was many months after the, uh, after the right. hurricane. Well, I had found out about this group because I'm – because online is Facebook is an amazing thing, and there's a social circus community on Facebook, and they were trying to raise money to rebuild after the hurricane, and I just donated money to them, so and started talking back and forth just a little bit, and then when I realized that we wouldn't be going to Israel because this would have been the year we would have gone to Israel, I reached out to them and said, "What do you feel about us bringing a troop of young people down there?" Because that's what happens in Peace Through Pyramids, you bring two groups together, who otherwise their paths probably would never have crossed. You give them the common language of circus and the common goal to put on a show, and amazing things happen. Ari, what was your impression of uh, of the visit? Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was really neat to meet these other kids who were uh, kind of different from us. But really, we just we were just kids doing circus together. How long were you down there? We were there for two weeks. Ready. And uh, performing every day, or what was the routine like? So for the first four or five days, we would train all day, and we built a show together. And then for the next week, we went around Puerto Rico performing the show. Any language issues? Uh, not really. A lot of them spoke English, and some of us spoke Spanish. And everybody spoke circus. So, well, it has a language uh, all of its own. Now, you're yeah. working with a, a Puerto Rican circus group, wasn't it? The National right. Circus, is that what it was it's called? It's the National Circus School of Puerto Rico, but it's their social circus program. And that troupe had named itself the Revolution Circus. So when they partnered with us, they made up the name the Revolution for Harmony Circus Tour. Mm. And that's what we took around the island. Ari, what were you expecting to find and see down there, uh, given all the publicity that hurricane got? Um, I was actually expecting it to be better than it was because I haven't heard about Puerto Rico in a while on the news or anything, but there was still a lot of destruction that we could see, lots of buildings that were just completely destroyed and no one had bothered to repair. 
And there's still streetlights that are out. And we're talking in the major cities, not just as we went into the more urban areas, just intersections where you play chicken in ter- or, or be gracious in terms of getting through an intersection. Were you like Ari, expecting it to be better than it turned out to be? I would certainly have expected around San Juan to be better. I wasn't as surprised when we went into the more rural areas and up into the mountains. But to not have basic streetlights functioning and to have streetlight poles still dangling and wires just dangling down on the ground was pretty strange. And even while we were there, a street that we went down every day, a very major street, one morning, one of the coaches called and said, don't go down that street. Mm-hmm. A telephone pole had just collapsed across mm-hmm. the street. Uh, Ari, uh, how do you feel the people were reacting to this? Do you have a sense that they're used to it now because it's been this way for so long? Or uh, what was your impression of the reaction to it? it? Yeah, it does seem like they're used to it, but there's also a sadness and like just this feeling that Maria took their lives away a little bit and they're still trying to rebuild it. And they would tell us this part of the island wherever we were going this used to be so beautiful and now it's just not as beautiful. Okay well let's get to some of the performing and and how that might have helped uh, these people who have been through through so much. Give me some sense of of how all that worked uh, Jessica. So the our Puerto Rican partners specifically chose places that had been most impacted by the hurricane. So we went up into the mountains to Adjuntas and Comeria And those are places that were months without electricity and for a long time without deliveries of food. And there was a lot of depression among the people there. And what had happened was young people who could left the town to try and find work, to try and find a place to stay that wasn't destroyed. But the older people kind of had nowhere to go. And there was really a lot of just depression there. And for us to come in with this circus show, which was so full of joy and hope, really helped the towns, and people really were grateful that we were there. What what kinds of acts do you present on trips like this? Ari, Ari go ahead. You, the unicyclist, man. I guess, <laughs> I guess unicycle must be part of it. Yeah, we did a unicycle act together, and we did a bunch of acts. We did stuff like contortion and hula hoops and uh, Diablo. And uh, But uh, the main act that we did was partner acrobatics. So think about this. You have two groups of nine young people each who had never worked together before, and they put together an 18-person acrobatic act in the space of a couple of days. And if you've seen the St. Louis Arches in our home ring at City Museum or at Circus Floor or some other show, you realize they work at a very high professional level, which these kids just hadn't had that much acrobatic experience. But Ari and Kyron Walton and Oliver Lair and, and Sabrina, all the all the young people who were with me, Jayla, Sarah, they taught the other kids how to be in their act. So the show that we brought around was a really excellent, entertaining show, and the Puerto Rican kids learned new skills that they'll still be able to use when we're not there. How do you teach unicycle? Um... I, well, I teach unicycle a lot, and uh, you just kind of got to encourage the other kids. And, uh, I mean, it's something that you kind of figure out on your own. So well, I'm just not exactly to, on your own, but you have to keep doing it and doing it. And if you want to learn unicycle from Ari, 
until he goes away to college, which is really soon. He right. teaches our unicycle club on Wednesday nights at City Museum. But but you know what? You just don't jump on one and start riding. Uh, it is difficult to teach and difficult to learn. And you're only working with these Puerto Rican partners for a couple of days, maybe only a couple of hours as you're moving around. That's learning pretty quickly. Yeah. So most of them had some experience on the unicycle oh. before. And we would just collaborate and do different tricks that they hadn't seen, and they taught me some stuff too. What what uh, what is a unicycle act like? What do you do? Um, we do. There are all sorts of tricks you can do on the unicycle, and coming together with tell the more them some people, of the names. The more people you have, the more people you can put in a trick. So we have like pinwheels where we like grab arms and ride in circles, and then trains where we do like spins around each other. Uh, yeah. Well, and there was a girl in that act who was a. Um, good unicyclist and even did one trick that Ari hadn't done before, which is pretty unusual. But we do two highs on the unicycle. And that's something Ari's done forever, basically. She was so thrilled at the end of the tour that she had done that. We actually did a a circle at the end, what everybody was going to most remember and take away and was most grateful for. And that was Ilka's thing, was that she had accomplished a two high on unicycle. And she was the base. When you go up into the mountains and uh, set up for uh, a performance, tell me how that works. I mean, that's you've you <laughs> got to have some place to perform, and when you're talking about a place that's at least partially devastated, that's got to be tough. Exactly. First of all, going up on those steep, winding mountain roads, we had two 15-passenger <laughs> vans and, a, and an SUV carrying equipment, and the roads are narrow, and the trucks are coming down right in the middle, and it was a little scary. But one of the first towns we got to, they had set up and spent the day cleaning up this place for us to perform that they thought it was the best place they had in town. Mm-hmm. And it was um, like a like a, it was a basketball court. Like a basketball court. Uh-huh. But the roof was not only ripped apart, but parts of it were dangling down. This sharp metal was just hanging down right over everybody. And we decided it wasn't safe. We ended up doing an open air show instead. In terms of communicating with the folks where you're going, that has to be set up in advance so they know you're coming and right. you know you have a place to perform and all the rest of it. How does that work? Our Puerto Rican partners, the mm-hmm. National Circus School of Puerto Rico, um, Hafet Ziri and Glorimar Sierra, they they did the scheduling, and there's a, a group of social workers and their social circus is very, it's in the same building as a social work organization, Educare, that does a lot of therapy for kids. And in fact, it started as that. And then it's Leslinette who runs that center. It was her brother got into circus and then it combined because circus is a great therapy tool. So they were connected with social workers around the island and that's part of how they picked the different places we would go. Ari, what did you learn through this experience? I'm not talking about tricks on a unicycle, but in terms of mm-hmm. what you learned about life. Um, I learned that really if no matter what, if two people come together, they can get along. They just have to find that thing that they have in common. How about you, Jessica? That circus, and especially Soul Circus, is an incredibly powerful tool. The kids were so uplifted by working with our kids, and now they've formed these friendships, which, again, thanks to the Internet, they can keep keep in touch with each other. And we're already talking about them coming here next summer. And, in fact, Yadier Molinas has a foundation, and a show that we did in Dorado, which is where the circus is, happens to be his hometown. 
and he has a farm league, beach league. He has a, a little baseball team there called the Dorado Guardians, and they did a presentation there of a check to our social circus partners, and there's video on the Internet on our Circus Harmony Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram. You would have thought they had won Miss America or the lottery or something. They were so excited at the opportunity to come here. We still have a lot of money to raise, but Yadier started with supporting them. I'm, I'm under the impression that St. Louis has been fairly active in a number of different fronts in helping the people in Puerto Rico. I think so, yeah. and I, I think it's because of the for has, because I know you did a story earlier on the the whole situation with IHOP and Clayton. But as divided as this city can be, there are people who are really committed to overcoming that division. The way we do at Circus Harmony with erasing the social barriers that that are they're arbitrary in some ways. And circus certainly, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what school you go to, what neighborhood, in the circus ring, it's what do you do in the circus. And that's why circus has been such a great tool for this and why our Peace Through Pyramids program in Ferguson has done so well. Ari, in, in your words, what what is special, so special about circuses that enables this people-to-people thing to work so well? For me, it's always been about instead of competing like in a sport or anything, you're really working together to make something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when, like, during acro, I see that, like, one person can only do so much, but when you add more people and they work together, you can accomplish much greater things. Yeah, and you've been at this for a while. You're a young man, but you started <laughs> as a very young man. It, yeah, yeah, about eight years. Really? Yeah. Well, now yeah. he's going to start circus club in his college, right, Art? <laughs> where, where, are you, where are you going to school? I'm going to Purdue University. Oh, wow. Going to become an engineer? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. What about some of the other youngsters, uh, Jessica? What sort of range and and gender mix are we talking about? So the group that now comprises the St. Louis Arches range from 13 to – we had a 23-year-old on the the troupe in Puerto Rico, but yesterday we performed with Universal. That was his last show. He's going to a circus college in Montreal. So now it's 13 to 18. It's mixed boy and girl. And our next thing is actually we're going to New York. We're filming an episode of One Drama, uh-huh. a children's program. And then we're going to Chicago where we will be connecting with three other social circuses, Fern Street Circus from San Diego, Wise Fools from uh, New Mexico, and Circus Team from Chicago. And we'll be doing a social circus festival up there, which we hope will expand and eventually the Puerto Ricans can join in on that, too. How do you find people like Ari and and others, or do they find you? It's a little bit of both. I mean, I've been (laughs) doing this since 1989, teaching circus in St. Louis, and some people see us at City Museum or shows around town. Uh, We work, we do a lot of outreach programs. This spring, we were in 11 different outreach locations, so we spot kids who have a particular talent. And I also have social workers in St. Louis who call and go, this kid is really struggling in school, but I see him on the playground and he can flip. And do you think you have a space for him? And the thing with circuses, there's always space. With, with the amount of traveling that you're, you have ahead of you and that you've done, uh, do these young people have to miss school or how, how do they work that into their schedules? I tell them school is important and I believe it is. And we very rarely actually miss school. We manage to work the, all these things around it. So the ones going to Chicago, they're going to come back and the next day they start school, many of them. 
Um, that is, that will not include you, Ari, I take it? It will. Oh, it will? Yeah, I have about yeah. a day to pack and get <laughs> off to college. <laughs> that, how much time do you spend practicing? <laughs> um, or, or do you have to anymore? Well, yeah, we do. And the arches practice at least 12 hours a week. And, uh, More but, in the summer. Yeah, in the summer. It's all, usually every day, every weekday from like 10, to, it, four. 10 to 4, yeah. That's uh, that's a pretty strong commitment on the part of It is. Of so it's people. not that they miss school, but they do miss out on other things. So it's kind of like being an elite sport, and it's just a question of if this is the priority. But if you just want to come and take classes at Circus Harmony, you can do that too. We'll put information about that on our website sure. at stlpublicradio.org. You, you do obviously have a website. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. circusharmony.org. And you're recruiting all the time? We have classes all the time, and we're always looking for talented people. We're... Our summer camps are full, but we're doing a summer camp at All-American that still has some spots, and then we'll be starting fall classes the end of August. For all ages, I'm going to add. Okay. People of all ages. That kind of a circus term in and of itself, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You can run away and join the circus, but still be home in time for dinner. Great. Jessica Hentoff, thank you for being with us. Ari Mayan, thank you for being with us. Congratulations on your, your, your new institution, Purdue University. Good thank luck you. to you there. Great to see you both. Thank you so much. Thanks. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Alex Hoyer, Evie Hemphill, with production assistance from Aaron Dorr, Charlie McDonald, and Caitlin Lally. The executive producer is Mary Edwards. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>